Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Episode 1, How It All Began. His name is John Senecal. I am Brian Shackman, and of course, this is Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Episode one is how it all began, which is we just told you where our love of baseball, our memories of baseball began. Uh, This podcast is going to explore really in the last 20 years, some of the most intense moments in all of sports came from this rivalry. We'll go back in history. We'll talk about the recent history, and then uh, we'll just talk about life of a super fan. And then we hope to bring in a lot of the voices that were involved, not just in the rivalry, but just in baseball in general, to give their perspective on this rivalry. But I have to ask you, John, what was the genesis? Because you came to me. We've known each other, what, I feel like for almost 20 years, right? Yeah, like 18 years we started working together back at NBC Connecticut back in the day. But, uh, yeah, the genesis of this is, um, in the grand scheme of things, there is no bigger rivalry in baseball, in sports, in general, than the Yankees and the Red Sox. You can't find a better rivalry, in my opinion. I think if you go across the sports nation and ask in history, there isn't a better, better rivalry. But I spent the last 20 years of my life living in Connecticut and and for me personally, this is ground zero for the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry where I live in New England. So that just kind of manifested for me. And then the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I I wanted to do this. And I know like just from all along that you would be a pers- perfect person to bring on board. And I'm glad we did. The players and the owners either disrespect the fans or think they are dumb. And that to me is what, what is infuriating because – they're already overpaid. My wife loves well, I mean, uh, anything. They're the problem is, 
We always come back, Brian. We always come back. We came back after 94. We came back after the steroids, you know, and and and, and it shows if you look in the history, it was like the steroid era. They just they overlooked it because they wanted us to come back. They wanted us to see him hitting 65, 70 home runs a year. And now they shun those guys and leave them out of the Hall of Fame. It's it's it's. Unfortunately, I think we will keep coming back. I mean, I as a baseball fan will come back because that's what I like to watch and that's what we watch. But the grand scheme of things, sports fans in general, I don't know if they come back. This is it's it's bad. It's just a bad look in general. It's not a good time to be doing this. They, win it, they didn't win it in 01. I mean, no. this funny thing about 01, what I'll say is that I wanted the Yankees to win in 01. Everybody did because Everybody it was New York. It was 9 11. That would have been the storybook ending to the whole thing. You know what I mean? Talk about, talk about rising from the ashes. You know what I mean? It was just like, it put the sports world on pause, you know, like when was the last time we saw that? Oh yeah. Right now. <laughs> well, that's when, that's when you knew at least major league baseball wasn't fixed in 01. Cause every, you know I mean? Because there's no, no one wanted Arizona Diamondbacks. So they weren't the legendary status right. and the baseball early. sort of controlled the karma and the culture of the city and we, and I, I don't know if I can overstate it. I mean, we felt like losers. And the thing that I always, when we look back on it, it's not like we're, 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 there's a reveal. We know what happens is that guys like Damon and Millar didn't buy into that. And I yeah. don't know how they felt after that game. I'm sure they f- must have felt like there's no way we can do this because it had never happened in the history of sports. But I know that me and everyone I knew felt like a loser. And everybody had their rally caps on. Like, I remember, like, there was, like, everybody was, like, it was, like, it was so in the moment. And when he took off and was called safe, it was, like, it was, like, Fenway exploded. And it was, like, you could feel the, I don't know, you could feel the change in energy. Um, the, The fans who were still there at the game were so into it. Um, Did you think at that point they could win the game? I think because, like, like, there was nothing else to hold on to. The people who were there and were staying were like the believers. Well, you know, it was another, like, in my opinion, I mean, that's almost good for you guys because I mean, what else do you, you it's all balls at that point. It's just like, you got nothing else. So just pour it into it. You know what I mean? So it's like, that was it. It was it. That was all you do. And I swear, like everybody, like everywhere you look, people were screaming, their caps run inside out. There's just all this emotion in the, in the, in the ballpark. So this is the Bloody Sock game, right? This is John Lieber against Kurt Schilling. Uh, supposedly in the ALDS, Schilling hurt his ankles. I don't really know. Was, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was a ruptured sheath around the peroneal right tendon, tendon, right ankle. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a. Uh, I had surgeon. written down torn tendon sheath right ankle, so I think that's got to be right. So they did this, the the doctors for the Sox suture did a couple sutures to try stapled to connect it, right? They stapled it. Yeah, I don't know what they did. So then the the blood went through the sock, and it was this whole like Schilling's a hero type thing. And I actually want to get into this a little bit because he is a hero. Well, he he sort of hurt his brand a little bit with his post playing days, politics, and social media. But he's still a hero in Boston, and and part of the reason is that he's part of this team, but also Boston loves that that warrior and at least the story goes that this happened and his foot was bloody and he could hardly walk and i'm just curious if you think it's all real or if you think it's a myth making here because then there's some, some after after the, after the dust well, I, I have, I have been to the hall of fame. 
I've been to the Hall of Fame, Brian, and I've seen the bloody sock. I cannot attest that it's ketchup or actual blood. I, there's no DNA. I did not take a DNA sample, but I have seen the bloody sock at the Hall of Fame. So as far as I know, it actually did happen. You know, you're in Fenway Park and you're sitting in the you know third base coach's box. Um, you know, what what is as a baseball ruthless, fan? I mean, you ruthless. your whole your whole what's that? Ruthless people behind me. Ruthless people. It doesn't. I'm my sure. name is not good to coach third on the back of my jersey. Put it back. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, yeah. I, I have seats. My season tickets are in left field, right by the wall. I promise you, one of those guys wasn't me, but I think I heard him. I could definitely hear them. And yeah. they, they get oh, yeah. Colorful. Do you ever give it back? No, I, I, I had too much to word with Buck. You know, he's he, I got to stay on Buck Showalter and stay into the game. Wayne Kirby, my counterpart at first base, I mean, he would give it back. I mean, it would be funny. Sometimes I'd look at him across the field and I'd start giving my signs and I'd see him engaged in some banter with a fan and it would, you know, and they loved Kirby because he gives it back in a funny way. And, um, I just I just had so much going on with getting my signs from Buck and and paying attention to what was actually happening in the game that uh, I, I for the most part I usually hear it as a roar, but sometimes it gets really personal and really deep. Is it the same thing at Yankee Stadium or is this just exclusive to Fenway? Exactly identical. Identical. The one thing about Yankee Stadium that was a little better for me was people were further away from me. Right. And red, you know, at Fenway they were right in my pocket, so I, I could hear them like you know, wearing me out. Like Yankee Stadium, I could hear him, but it was a little more distant. Um, and again, at the, the new stadium, I wasn't ever fortunate to be in the old stadium. The new stadium, I was so far away from the stands, it, it would never feel as personal as it did in Fenway. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Did you have any doubt? Exciting as it was, I was also, you know, didn't want to lose this ball game. And, and sure enough, when he got the hit and they won the ball game, everybody stayed in the dugout and was watching. I just kind of threw my stuff and went up the runway. Like, I didn't even want to watch. You know, that's how how bad it was for me. And then I get in the clubhouse and I'm like, nobody's in the clubhouse. You know, and I was like, wow, man, this is, you know, it's Derek Jeter's final game. It was pretty special, unbelievable. I got to get over this loss real quick tonight. And I went back out and kind of watched it and soaked it in a little bit. And, and I saw my friend, my best friend, Gerald Williams, walk on the field. He's really good friends with, with Jeter. And and I uh, just tried to think of what they must have been feeling at that point, and especially a lot of things being said to him. Um, and it was pretty rough. I will say I, I never saw that reaction from Adam in most of the other places that I've been to. Uh, so obviously it was happening a little more intensely there, um, which furiated all of us. Um, and we were hyper, our, our senses were hypered, hyper to it. Um, so like in between innings when I wouldn't be coaching third, um, you know, whatever was coming out of the stands, you, you'd be aware of. And I know Buck Showwater was passionate that way. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't hesitate to get someone thrown out of the stands. We had security in the dugout and he would just point out a person and uh, anything that got really bad, it would throw him out of there. But I'll say this, it was, it got bad uh, because of, Adam's reactions. I know it was. I know it was hurting him pretty bad, and he's one really hell of a guy. The Miami Marlins had a, more than a dozen players test positive, and it's set down. There's been a ripple effect all across the league, where teams don't want to travel to Miami to play, so they don't play. Miami is actually in 
Philly right now in yeah. a hotel. Stuck there. Stuck there, waiting for, waiting for their tests to come back and the Phillies to get tested too. Right. And so the, the question really remains is, do you think that the season is salvageable and should it be salvaged? I mean, well, right now, let's, let's be blunt, right? So nobody really cares right now because it's affecting the Miami Marlins. Because right, they right? stink anyway. They and weren't going to be a factor. They Correct. could pretty much wipe them off the plate anyways. But what's going to happen when that starts trickling? The first thing they said was... If, if it starts trickling. If it starts trickling. The first thing they said was, all right, well, the Yankees were supposed to be in that same dugout. So they're like, oh, you know, it's already, we're worried about the Yankees. You know, like, what if somebody, what if the Yankees come down with it and we shut them down? What if the Red Sox come down with it and they shut them down? Oh, you have, you know, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park. You know, they're places that you gravitate to. Right. You know, now they talk about the experience of the game, the in-game experience, right. you know, which is, you know, walk-up music. And have the game at the snack shack. Yeah, food <laughs> and all that. Our in-game experience was just, you know, walking a circuitous route from the plumbing shop to Fenway through a couple of neighborhoods you may not want your kids to walk through these days. But, you know, we just get there and we'd hang and we knew what time... You know, my father closed up shop for the night, so, you know, if we had to leave, you know, an inning before, we, we would. Plus, there were no crowds. Well, I was going to say, how full was the barn? Eight, ten, twelve? Thousand. Thousand. It's just like one thing after another in 2020, and, like, the ball just keeps getting hit, pitched and it keeps getting hit, so I'm happy. So, uh, before we wrap it up, you think this, that it's another sweep here? Um, hold on a second. Let me, uh, I got something for you. Uh, we'll pull oh, this. A... I'll pull this out so we can, I'll just, I gotta, I gotta, I, I, we're trying to keep it kid it's friendly. Grass. But it's grass, but this is the know. reason why but it's funny because I grew up not necessarily hating the Yankees and it wasn't until, uh, A-Rod and meeting guys like John <laughs> that I started to hate the Yankees because that's obnoxious. Yeah. Um, but that's what but, I deal but, with every day as a Yankees fan, all right? Like, I have to get my digs in. You that baseball field just for that. Just for that. Piggybacking on the dog names, right? So I'm like a magnet for obnoxious Red Sox fans, okay? So the other day... Like in the supermarket type thing? Yeah, supermarket type thing, whatever. Like anywhere. So the other day we're down at the river, right? And we're, we're swimming in the river. The down Farmington by river. the river. Yeah, and the, uh, the tubers are going down. And um, they're like, oh, hey, the dog's so cute, blah, 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 blah. And, like, and the girl's like, oh, so what's your dog's name? And I'm like, Jeter. And what do you think she said next? Jeter sucks? No. Oh, are you a Yankees fan? And I thought to myself... <laughs> Are you very bright? Right. And then I wanted to say typical Red Sox fan, but that's not fair because not all Red Sox fans are idiots. But like, you know, like, come on. If someone came to me and was like, "Here's my do and, my dog Poppy." Yeah, or I'm like, or like, that's my dog Mookie. I'm not gonna yeah. be like, "Oh, what are you a Dodgers fan in New England?" Yeah. I'm gonna be like, "I'm not even gonna say anything." I'm like, "Oh, cool name." And and, and I and I also get it because they stink so bad. But ultimately, my point is, if you listen to this podcast, that a team like Boston and New York should never never give, give up. up. It's, it's, it, and, and fans, and thank goodness I'm not paying for my but tickets maybe, this but, year. But maybe some, maybe some people will argue, front office people, is saying, well, we're not technically giving up because we got rid of someone and look what we got in return. They love to say sure. that. Fine, but then you're talking. Two, three, the Red, four, the, I, maybe. I think the Red Sox now is where like Houston was when they changed ownership and they got that TV deal. They're like, we're going to make all this money. Let's just go down to the bottom. Let's just rake draft picks, and in three, four years, we'll be incredible, which they were. And and I don't think the Red Sox will take that long. I think they're going to free up some money on the books, and they're going to go after some people right as this prospects come up. But I, I do think it's it, it should not be. 
It should not be this way. And they have injuries, too, but, like, Ben Attendee getting back in the lineup is not like getting Stanton back in the lineup. No. You know what I mean? So no. it's not like he's some sort of savior. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super disappointed in the fact that the organization has gotten to this point. This doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to walk Carl to get to Nomar right. or Nomar to get to Carl. You know, it was, it was walk him, walking him to get to me. And I knew it. You know, two bases open. Uh, I'm hitting 170. You know, with coming off an injury, and uh, but I was like, I got Billy Taylor in my book. I know him. He's a righty. Feel good. Right? He's a righty, but he's also this. So he's like, it was a good matchup for me. You guys could see his release point really well. It's a little thing. I'm not trying for a home run. I'm just trying to get a base hit. You know, because I think the the winning runs on second or third. Right. Both. So I had a good the right frame of mind. I had a lot of things going for me there. I thought uh, to my but when I missed that first pitch. You know, you're always like, you, you might get one pitch to hit. Right. And I'm like, oh, man. I just And it was a good swing, and it was right there. And I got behind. I think it got to 2-2. Two, two. And I was looking for his slider. He threw me a lot of backdoor sliders in, in facing him. It was his thing against a lefty. He just tried to bring that backdoor slider around. So you, even if you hit it, you probably wouldn't hit it well. Nice. And, I mean, I was looking for it, and it came right over the heart of the plate. And I still didn't think I hit it out. Because really deep in right field at Fenway. I had never flown in a private jet before. So, so we take a private jet. And Joe Scarborough, who makes a lot of money, they set us up at the Commonwealth Hotel. We went to Eastern Standard. But the next morning was it. They, they clinched the World Series. And because the ownership group of the Red Sox really liked the show, they let us set up shop on the field. And I don't know what it's like at Yankee Stadium, but at Fenway, they don't like anybody touching the grass but the players. Yeah. And we literally, I don't know if they didn't know or the ownership said they let them do what they want. Yeah. We went everywhere we wanted. We went into the Monster to check out the do whatever you want. We actually remember the Tory, the Tory Hunter um, non-catch in the ALCS yeah. when his butt was in the air and the yeah. cop was like this. Yep. And so we wanted one commercial break. Sam Stein and I, we were mic'd up. We ran out to the fence. Every, it, he went into the bullpen, I, actually, and I, I went over the thing with my 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 ass I in the air. This. I think and, it, yeah. and we recreated. It was it was the most incredible 24 hours, and not so much for the game, but the fact that we could do this TV show on the field. And we could go wherever we want. Like, yeah. I mean, the Yankees are not going to let DJ LeMahieu go. I mean, that, it's not a smart thing. Like, the guy's proven. He can hit, he can play, and he can play in New York. Fans love him. Fans love him. So what is it going to cost? I mean, I'm guessing he's going to want a five-year deal, right? You think he's, 30, he's th- turning 32? He's going to want a five-year deal. So, like, five, 125? I mean, he's going to want $20 million a year, right? He's going to want $20 million a year. I he, want that. I mean, but you think you'll get that? I think the longer the contract, the lesser the money. I think the shorter the contract, the more money. I could see Yankees offering him three years, $60 million, and then maybe an option on the fourth year. I'm, I'm afraid that the Yankees don't want to give him five years because he'll be 37 at the end of his contract. And there, there's so much, been so much talk about these big contracts and then the uncertainty of you know the corona and all that crap. Um, but, I mean, DJ, you know what you're getting with him. You're not going out and dumping a bunch of money on a pitcher that's going to blow his elbow out, possibly, and only start every five days. Um, you're going to get a solid player. He's 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 a, he's a gamer. But mm. I'm worried about I'm worried about opening day. I you know I was assuming that we would be able to get this vaccine spread out enough that by April, you know, even if you know Fenway's capacity is like 35, that maybe they'd let 20 in or what have you. You're worried about getting, you want some fans, you want to go watch some games. Yeah, they'll definitely play unless there's a big turn of events because they've proven they can do it during a pandemic. So, uh, but do you think there'll be fans? 
I think so. As long as they have the vaccine rolled out like they say they're going to do, which, you know, that won't happen. You know, they'll, they'll still push it back or something or they won't get it to the population that's going to be going to watching sporting events. You know right. what I'm saying? So right. um, which is fine, which is which is totally fine. It, it, do it the right way. Let's let's just say that, you know, you're going to be wearing a mask in this country for at least another year, probably. How are you going to drink your beer? Well, I mean, you can take your mask you off. Get a, no, but they should sell like a, beer a mask. Helmet. A beer helmet mask. Yeah. So that's a great... We should actually... If anyone's listening and wants to come up with a prototype <laughs> where you can drink your beer... And wear a mask. Keep your mask on and not touch your face. You mean work on that for me? The helmet with the... With like, the, with the, the straw through the, the mask. Of your mask. Like, like one of those good N95 not masks yeah. with like the respirator, but it's a straw going in. We'll charge like 30 bucks for it. Just for the mask. Well, for the whole the whole thing. Well, that's a deal, dude. You, you go to so? Yankee Stadium, it's like $18 for a beer. Okay, so maybe... Oh, we would definitely have to make those made in China, for includes, sure. It includes the beer, though, too. <laughs> that's a good idea. I like that. Um, so you would go without hesitation? Absolutely. And what if the price... I would have went this year. is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.